Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me tonight for episode one of the Space Cowboy Movie Review Podcast with your host, me, Calvin. Tonight's episode is going to be horror movies. Now, horror movies is such a broad genre of film. It's a very important genre of film with it starting all the way back in the late 20s, early 30s, and developing all throughout the, the 20th century up until what it is today, with very artsy types of movies. I mean, it's hard to believe that things like Hereditary or Jordan Peele's masterpiece, Masterpieces, excuse me, Get Out and Us, and all the, it's hard to believe that all those originated from things like Family Opera and the classic Nosferatu or Frankenstein's Monster or even The Curse of the Mummy, which personally I used to find extremely boring but learned to love it. And that's what a lot of people experience with horror movies. They learn to appreciate what they are and appreciate the message or the art in the film. Now tonight, we are going to take a introduction into horror movies and talk about things like Italian exploitation films, Japanese exploitation films, uh, the classic creature feature, or the slashers, mainly the ones very popular in the 70s and 80s, and e even a good old ghost story. You can't go wrong with a ghost story. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, it's rooted all the way back throughout history. I mean, ghosts have always been something that have been around. And it's truly the most, one of the most pure forms of horror cinema. Now, tonight's first film we'll be talking about is a thriller slash horror movie. Someone could call it a creature feature, but there's so much to the film. And that will be 2007's The Mist. Now, The Mist was originally was a novella written by Stephen King, one of the masters of horror when it comes to literature, hero classics such as Cujo, The Shining, It, and all these amazing books. Now, The Mist, as I said, was originally a novella, and it centers around a father and his son who are trapped in a grocery store, as a matter of fact, and, <clears throat> excuse me, I am a little getting over being sick. And in this grocery store, they are dealing with people who are in a, in a panic. And you might ask, why are they in a panic? That's because outside, this super thick mist has rolled in all over the city. And from what they've seen, people go out in the mist end up getting, like, completely torn apart or eaten by monsters. <clears throat> and th they're scared, so they barricade themselves in this grocery store, and you see humans almost turn into savages. I mean, people start accusing each other of things. It's very, very Lord of the Flies type uh, deal. And... Many people consider this movie to be a masterpiece, specifically for the ending. And by the way, disclaimer, this podcast is going to have spoiler material. But even if the, these movies get spoiled for you, I highly recommend going and watching them. 
if you're into horror. Now, some of these are a bit more extreme than others, but those that you feel like you can handle or maybe do some of your own research, go check them out, even if I spoil them. So, as far as everyone knows, spoiler alert is in place for this entire episode. Thank you. And back to The Mist. Basically, you slowly but surely see these people devolve into savages, much like uh, what people um, have said about Lord of the Flies. And also, slowly over the course of the movie, you see these monsters, all these horrifying monsters, come more up close to the grocery store to where you can see them through the thin layer of mist uh, about five feet away. And some of these are gnarly. I mean, one of the first um, real kills you see (coughs) is when... A bunch of the people are in a loading bay in the grocery store, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and they're going to decide who's if anyone's going to go out or whatever. And one of the store assistants is <clears throat> um, in the loading bay, and he's trying to act all tough and stuff. And what ends up happening is they open the uh, bay door. It's basically just like a giant, it's a giant garage door. And what ends up happening is he's immediately grabbed by this giant tentacle. And all of a sudden, what ends up happening <clears throat> is that th- this, this, uh, all, all the other guys in the bay, the loading bay, all, all start attacking the tentacle. And this thing's got gnarly barbs on it. And it like opens up like a mouth. And it grabs this little assistant manager. And he's, and he's like, he's about like 1920. And he's, you know, screaming and they're thrashing around. But it's such like a big, just punch in the face for the one of the first monster encounters that you're just like, at, at, by the end of the confrontation, you're like, whoa. I won't tell you how the confrontation ends, but that's what happens. And basically, oh, I forgot to mention, leading up to this, they, the main character, the father, goes into the bay and to look for supplies and ends up finding two soldiers who killed themselves. And the reason they killed themselves was because earlier in the store, uh, a group of people killed one of the soldiers thinking that he knows what's going on about these monsters and these monsters surrounding them. He, they think they think the soldiers from the nearby base are like know what's happening and they have some involvement in this. So instead of being torn apart like the first poor soldier was, these two soldiers kill themselves. And it's a really impactful moment because of the fact that it's just suicide is always one of those things in real life and in movies. It's always tragic. It's it it hurts to think about. It hurts to see. And you don't expect it in a movie like this. In a creature feature, it's not something you expect. But it really solidifies that, yeah, this might be a horror movie, but there is emotion in it. Throughout the movie, we see lots and lots of very cool confrontations between the sto- the uh, store goers. I think that's a word. Maybe. <laughs> Part. Forgive me if it's not. The, the store goers and the monsters outside there's some giant little there's like these little or these uh flying insect things that attach to people and you know part of the store goes up in fire and it's a chaotic film it's nuts and another uh more towards nearing the last um act or it's in the last act of the film the 
a group of the survivors go to a pharmacy to i if i remember correctly it was to get meds and they end up finding it to be a spider's lair and this scene for all you arachnid arachnophobics arachnophobics let's go with that word arachnophobes all you arachnophobes out there <laughs> come on cut me some slack it's my first podcast and yeah, this is like a dream come true anyways for all you arachnophobes out there warning this the description of this and in the film is pretty insane so what ends up happening is they go into this spider's lair and these are some horrifying looking spiders i mean they're big and the entire store is just covered in webbing and it's gory like this is the one one of the main parts of the movie that you're just like whoa hold up <clears throat> and it it was just a whole insane sequence they're trying to get through the entire store and there's bodies coming there's bodies all over the place that are wrapped in webbing and <coughs> there's another there's a, a little scene in in that part of the film where they cut one of the bodies down and what ends up happening is the body bursts open these spiders come out and it's just one of those even some some of the most veteran horror fanatics out there might be like oh Jeez, that's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and it's just, it was like, wow. I mean, what a, what a, only, only someone like Stephen King could think of that to write in the novella and even to have put in the movie. I mean, that's just I'm, mind blown. Now, <clears throat> the final part of the movie, this is big, big spoiler territory for just so you all know. Um, a bunch of the survivors, including the father and son, get into a car and head off. They reach a point to where they're stopped and they realize that everything, there's nothing they can do. It's, it's, it's the end of the line. What are they going to do? Well, they have a gun. They have a, a pistol. And everyone in the car, I want to say... I want to say there's five people or six people in the car, including the father and son, and they they have they have a gun. There's uh, five shots in it, so they all ominously look at each other and nod. They know that it's either they get torn apart by monsters out there or they kill themselves. So the the dad being the kind of the head honcho of this little group, he kills all the adults in the car. And then this this part made me cry the first time I saw it. I, even when I read it, I mean, this was just such a boom punch and punch in the gut. And it gets it, unfortunately when you think it's the worst, it gets worse. And basically, the son's asleep, and he wakes up, and, and all of a sudden, it's an exterior shot of the car. Or let me phrase. So the son's sleeping. The son opens his eyes. Quick cut to exterior of the car you hear the gunshot bright light flashes in the car done that right there just killed me on the inside i mean that was extremely upsetting 
And the dad gets out of the car. He doesn't have a bullet to kill himself. So he gets out of the car and is like, you know what? I'm just going to walk. And he starts walking. Not even 50 feet of walking. And the mist disappears and the military rolls in. Just if he would have waited just another minute and a half, his son and everyone else in that car, especially, but especially his son, his own son, could have lived. And the father just falls to his knees. I mean, that is just so emotionally upsetting and draining, that whole scene to see. And it's just, it's sad. You can, it's one of the, it's possibly one of the saddest movie endings I have ever seen. And it's, it's just one, you have to see it for yourself, but just be ready. Have some tissues nearby. From the Space Cowboy to all you lovely listeners out there, have tissues. And, but the movie overall is, it very much uses that Lovecraftian horror. And if you don't know what that is, I mean, maybe I'll do a whole another episode on Lovecraftian cinema. This is being is being one of them, but go go look it up and it has it basically or even just look up cosmic horror. It's a type of it's type of horror. It's a subgenre of horror that deals with the unknown, like higher powers that you don't understand and madness. It's very very intriguing. I personally love H.P. Lovecraft's work. He was a author. Excuse me. He's the creator of the Cthulhu mythos. All of you, I'm sure, know who Cthulhu is. And it's just mind-boggling, the whole cosmic horror. And, oh, I forgot to mention, I uh, real fast, another, or actually, no, this loops in right here. There is, another reference to Lovecraftian horror is there's a scene right before they all take off in the car towards the final, you know, ten minutes of the movie. They see this ginormous four-legged monster in the distance with the lightning flashing through the mist that illuminates enough light to see it and it basically looks like a ginormous elephant but it's got like it looks like almost mountains on its back but it has these tentacles where its mouth is and excuse me and that right there is just a big nod to lovecraft i mean the way cthulhu is depicted it's it's definitely a Lovecraftian monster, and Stephen King has even said Lovecraft is a huge influence on his work. I mean, look at things in the Dark Tower or it, those higher beings who, you know, don't not humans don't understand. I mean, if you go and read it, it talks or become actually. Hang on, another big spoiler alert. It becomes a giant spider. And it it tells the Losers Club, I am this because it's the only form that your brains could comprehend. And that's that's big Lovecraft. I mean, if he, if it were to be in its true form, it'd drive them mad. It just pure madness because the brain doesn't understand it. <sighs> okay, back from the little uh, Stephen King Lovecraftian side note. The The Mist, overall, it's a great film. Highly recommend. It's a bit of a lengthy one, but highly recommend. Great, awesome writing. I mean, the visuals are 
the are not the best, but I find them to be superb for what they are. And the monsters are just gnarly. I mean, if you want like a good creature feature of sorts, go go check it out most definitely. <clears throat> now, moving on to our next film slash horror subgenre. Um, basically, let let's let's see. We could do. Uh, I'm not gonna really go into the whole exploitation for Italian and Japanese cinema. I'll mention like two movies, just cause they're they're known. Um, but it's it's more that's more of a okay. We I've done a few episodes of horror with you guys to build up to that, and I'm not gonna. Those movies are just really really intense. I mean, real fast. Let's just go over them. The Italian exploitation film Cannibal Holocaust is very infamous for being a very intense horror movie that came out uh i want to say in the 70s uh i actually don't have my notes in front of me right now but i want to say it came out in the 70s uh and it was during this italian cannibal type phase italian cinema had and it's just very it's just very intense there's a there's very heavy gore um the the director um of the film who i actually have written down okay the director of Campbell Holocaust sorry um Ruggiero Deodata I totally purchased that excuse me um he got all the actors to go into hiding after the movie came out to I guess spoiler it's not even that big of a spoiler actually uh, they all die. And I guess he made them go into hiding when the film came out. And this, uh, to make it seem like all real, because it was very low-budget shot and everything. It looked like an actual Amazon rainforest documentary. And he was charged with murder. He They thought he actually killed these people. He's like, no, 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 it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a movie. And so he had them come out of hiding and all this stuff. And, and he was cleared of the murder charges and everything but that's how that led to a new era of horror to the gory horror movies like the very gory horror movies and the immersive ones too i mean people have made connections from cannibal holocaust like the gore levels to things like eli roth's um cabin fever or or the immersive, like, the people going into hiding thing, like the Blair Witch Project, which we'll actually talk about. And, yes, but I highly recommend that maybe you don't start out with that. If you've if you've been watching horror for years and years, then maybe if, if you do your research, most definitely, I recommend reading the plot summary to see if it's something that you would even be interested in watching. Um, but, yes, it is a very, very intense movie. I actually have a funny story about it that I'll tell at the end. If you decide to stick around. Well, it looks like we are almost 20 minutes into the podcast. And if you're still here, thank you. That means a lot to me. Now, real fast, quick. We just did Italian exploitation. Quick, Japanese exploitation. Two very big films. Uh, Ichi the Killer, based off a Japanese manga. And it's very, I actually very much uh, was interested in the movie. It's basically just a bunch of gore. I mean, there's some torture porn in there, but 
it's it's just a bunch of gore. It involves like a Yakuza guy and uh, almost like a guy with superhuman strength. It's kind of weird. Very weird. It's very much just sex and gore. Um, which, I mean, some of it was a bit like too really gnarly. It was an okay movie. Um, I liked the film style. I thought the way it was shot was very interesting. And um, I thought the uh, the visuals, like like the makeup and even honestly, the one of the best parts about that movie, I think, is the way the, the character's wardrobe. I mean, the character's wardrobe were really like bright and stuff, or some of them were. Some of them were very dark and mellow colors. And honestly, wardrobe affects a movie a lot. But anyways, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode. But yes, Ichi the Killer was one of them, based on a manga. And then um, another very famous one that's basically it's it's one in the torture porn genre which is basically things like saw or hostile um is uh the audition it's a very weird movie uh, it's actually kind of depressing uh and it's a bunch of very of uh, very famous filmmakers have said that they rank it as one of the best movies of all time because of the narrative and the visuals but it, like, I mean, I'm going to be honest, shit hits the fan, like, for the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie, and it's just insane. It, it's it's a crazy movie. Uh, but yeah, it's another one. Don't check out unless you've done your research about it or whatever. It's just gory. It, it there's, yeah, there's gore in it, and it's, it's just an unsettling movie. And uh, the famous director I was talking about was Quentin Tarantino. He thought it was one of the best movies ever released since, I don't know, I believe in the uh 90s and so yeah that's basically an overlook of um japanese the Jap- japanese movies are very heavy on gore they have um, uh, amazing makeup skills and visual effects skills i mean they they've been doing these these gory super gory movies for a lot longer than we have over here in the states and they're just very talented at when it comes to makeup and visual effects it's truly amazing anyways so we'll talk about those much much later on in the podcast series of movies so the next movie i'd like to talk about is actually the blair witch the blair witch project now the blair witch project had a very very interesting marketing campaign and um uh oh i'm sorry let me go back to the beginning the blair witch project was released in 1999 and it's a it's it, it's it's a movie it's a horror movie and it had a very interesting marketing campaign that we'll get to in just a moment but it was like i said released in 1999 and the whole premise <coughs> is that three three student filmmakers decide to go look for the blair witch in these in these woods in Maryland, and basically the whole thing is that these three uh, college students disappeared, and this is the footage that was recovered, and the filmmakers advertised it like it was real. I mean, they had missing like uh, missing persons posters everywhere. They had a bunch of super super immersive advertising and it was it was kind of like i was talking about with cannibal holocaust where they all went into hiding some of these these people the that the act the three actors in the movie went into hiding after the movie was filmed 
and everyone there are people who believed this was real and that's how excellent the marketing was so basically it's this is a movie you need to experience for yourself if you can handle it and it's not like i mean yeah it's it's scary but it's not it's it's not like it's nothing that like is super intense it's the only reason i say if you can handle it is because like it's a handheld footage movie it's a found footage movie where there's a lot of moving the camera shaking it just makes people motion sick i mean i know people who have gotten motion sick from this movie and that's the only reason otherwise it it's it's scary that's all it is and the movie it just it as you go further and further through the film it just becomes this absolute tale of horror and it's it gets crazy i mean it gets really really crazy and like Basically, I'm not going to spend too much time on this movie because it's definitely, it's not a super long movie and it's one that everyone, that I highly recommend uh, audio listeners go watch. Just if you don't get motion sickness. If you do, then maybe stay away from this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, there's a, long story short, at the end. I'm not going to spoil what happens, but the ending is, one of the shots in the end is used on the poster. And it's infamous. It's so famous now that everybody knows it. Everyone sees that 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 image and automatically, oh, that's the shot from the Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project, and it's just become a cult classic. I mean, the ending it like it's not that it's not that big, but it's so effective. It just it leaves you with a, oh shit, what the fuck just happened? Like like what's going on? And it's it's nuts. I mean, it, it things escalate from zero to a hundred real real fast. And yeah, so the Blair Witch Project definitely definitely go out and check if if, if you don't get motion sickness. I mean, there's times where I've went gone to watch it, and it, it's made me queasy, my stomach queasy, well, because of the disorienting disorienting. Yeah, let's go with I think that's the right word. Uh, camera angles and the shaking camera and back and forth and sometimes you're like all right hang on i gotta go gotta, gotta go run to the bathroom i'm gonna puke and then we'll continue the movie <laughs> so the next movie we'll talk about or actually maybe not the this one you know what we're not gonna talk about a movie in particular we're gonna talk about a subgenre the slasher or movie actually before we go on to that I'm so sorry. Please bear with me. If you've been bearing with me for these past 26 minutes and 40 seconds, that's awesome. And I really, really thank you guys. Thank you so much. So, by the way, The Blair Witch Project, it's just one. It's just a found footage film, which is another subgenre. And I love found footage films. I think they are some of the scariest uh, horror movies out there. And a lot of them are ghost films. And they make ghost films scary because you're right up. You're close and personal with them. And they always jump scares. Jump scares will get you in found footage films. And actually, in a lot of movies, jump scares will get you. But especially found footage, I mean, they're like right there in, on the screen. And that that definitely gets you. Anyways, we're going to go to the slasher films. Now, when people start talking about slasher films, naturally, <clears throat> you will think of things like Friday the 13th. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Scream. I mean, there's so many. 
even some of you more, um, what's the right word? Some of you more, um, educated, not educated, some of you more into horror fans. I don't know how to word this. Some of you bigger horror fans, ones that have been, uh, watching horror for a long time will know things like, you know, Candyman or the Hatchet series or things like that, or even Psycho. Psycho, possibly, I mean, one of the first slasher films. I mean, or it's wow, what a movie! We'll talk about that a little in a little bit because that one's gonna get its own little talk. But I mean, slasher films. But uh, yeah, you know, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, Wes Craven was a genius. God rest his soul. What an amazing mind when it came to film. I mean, he he made things. He made Freddy Krueger. I mean, he's the modern day boogeyman. That I mean went into the, these teenagers' dreams and killed them. I mean that that was big from when it came out, and he was one of the big things about him is that he was a smartass. People never saw that before. Before it was, you know, the big burly slasher. I mean, like Michael Myers. I mean, it's a guy all quiet in the mask. Jason Voorhees, a guy all quiet in the mask. Two huge guys, you know, one with a kitchen knife, one with a machete, going after these teens. But Freddy was different. Freddy was. A wise, a wise guy. He was. He made jokes. He was. He he was a little scrawny guy, and he had a glove. You know, the glove with the knives is the fingertips. I mean, he. It's just iconic. His outfit is iconic. His red and green striped sweater and that the burned hat and the burned face. I mean, what an iconic character. And Wes Craven. I mean, was a genius. He also made Scream, which was the the embodiment of teen slasher it it made fun of teen slashers while still being a slasher film it's it's a very simple film like on the surface i mean there's a there's a serial killer he's going after these teens who is it i mean end of story i mean back in my day that those were horror movies no i'm just kidding that was before my time but yeah uh west craven was a God was he great. He was he was a visionary and he made things like oh uh I yeah, he also did The Hills Have Eyes. That's a crazy movie. Basically, I'm not going to talk about it really. It's but a bunch of cannibals that live in the hills. And so but back to slashers in general. That was a little Freddy overview. You have um John John Carpenter Carpenter's I believe 1978 in classic horror movie slasher uh Halloween. And everyone knows Michael Myers, big guy, white mask, kitchen knife. Yeah, everyone knows him. And, I mean, I believe this past year they even released another Halloween movie that I heard was great. I haven't gotten a chance to see it, but I'm going to watch it. And, but, I mean, Carpenter's idea of a slasher was great i mean the music the or the idea of a slasher film the music the score what a genius absolute genius score to have for this movie he he made sure that the score went with the actions that were happening in the film which really wasn't something crazy important in horror before this and he i i've heard stories that he worked with the composer, which I do believe 
I I think I know who it was. I'm not going to be positive and end up being <laughs> wrong. But yeah, I mean, holy crap. It's, it, it was definitely, it was definitely a crazy movie. Okay, I was right. I was right. I was right. It was, the music was written by John Carpenter, who, I mean, wow. Wow. Great. I mean, he directed. He wrote. He what am I talking about? Worked close with the composer. He was the composer, so I mean, he, I guess he did. But he he envisioned his movie with the music and the music with the movie. It was just genius. I mean, fun fact: the Michael Myers mask is actually just a Captain Kirk mask. You know, Captain Kirk from the original Star Trek, William Shatner. Oh, I mean, what a great fun fact, am I right? Anyways, ha- we've got Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. Talked about Scream, um, Friday the 13th, easily possibly the most famous slasher film series, uh, with Jason being possibly the most famous horror icon. I, I mean, come on. Big, big guy, buff, in a in ripped up clothing and stuff, with a decaying hockey mask, over time, decaying hockey mask, or just a hockey mask, wielding a machete or any weapon he can find i mean just taking out these teenagers that stay at camp crystal lake and i mean everyone knows him he's there are so many movies in the friday the 13th series um that it's just it's iconic and people will remember jason for everyone knows the hockey mask everyone knows the machete Everyone knows the infamous, the infamous song, or I don't even, yeah, a song, and it, it it's it's crazy. It it it's a long lived series. There's twelve installments, I believe, in total as of right now, and it's I mean, Jason is one of the big guys, like big league. He squared off against Freddy Krueger and Freddy vs. Jason. Some like it, some don't. Eh. There was a original planned ending for the film that I thought would have been awesome. Like, absolutely awesome. That I'll talk about in another episode. Maybe I'll do a Friday the 13th series episode. Now, I mean, the first, the first film, spoiler alert, doesn't even have Jason until, I mean, the very end. I'm not going to say who the killer is, but go watch it. I mean, it has Kevin Bacon. <laughs> who doesn't love Kevin Bacon? I mean, come on. Footloose? You know, you got to cut loose. Footloose. I mean, doesn't get more iconic than that. I'm not going to say what happens to him. Maybe he lives. Maybe he dies. I'm not telling you. But <laughs> he's in the original Friday the 13th. And it's just a great movie. It's, it's a classic. I mean... Some consider it the best Friday the Thirteenth. Some consider another one the best, but it's it's whatever you like the it's a whatever you like the most. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth is just iconic. Definitely go check it out. Now, if you don't want to watch every single one, that's fine. If you wanna, you know, if you only watch the first one, or if you want to watch all of them, go ahead. Power to you. So that that's Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, iconic, iconic character. I mean, absolutely amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me, do I have any water? No, no, I don't. That's a rip. Anyways, next slasher, we'll talk about 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leatherface. Everyone knows Leatherface. Once again, big dude. Really, it's a, it's a crazy movie. It's a, it's a very good, it's a good movie, but it's crazy. I mean, I mean, it's a family, you know, family of back like in the middle of nowhere cannibals, and they and they use like bones and people's bones and stuff for like furniture. Very much, very much. Uh, what's his name? Ed Gein style. And Leatherface, he made a mask out of skin, human skin. And just he, it's on. It's an unsettling movie, but it, it's brilliant for its time. It was, it was like nothing anyone's ever seen. I believe when it came out, it either got an X or an N seventeen, NC seventeen rating, which is like, you know, like above R. Excuse me. And basically, it he wields a giant chainsaw, and there's so many memorable scenes in it. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm not going to go into it acting like I know everything when I might get something wrong. But honestly, it's another one of those classics. It's up there with Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and it's just great, great film. Great film overall. Love Leatherface. Classic. Classic outfit. Classic story. Great, 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 great. I have said classic so many damn times in, the, in this 37 minutes. I really got to cool it with that. <clears throat> okay now the last slash i'm going to talk about uh, before i move on is the original og slasher norman bates of psycho now if you haven't seen psycho yeah it's okay you know surprisingly not not a lot of people have seen psycho but it was made by alfred hitchcock and, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock is known for making these amazing, amazing films. Like, it's thriller, thriller movies. And he he was a master of this. And it's just, it, it's truly amazing what he did for his time. I mean, the plot twists and everything. And the twists, all, all the twists and turns are great. So, this is, he's like one of the OG horror movie villains besides maybe like the the zombie or whatever and he the whole the big the big part of psycho i'm not gonna tell you guys anything big about the movie because you got to go and watch it for yourself i mean like you might think it's you know it's black and white i mean they couldn't have done anything great you don't even know this is an amazing film and it, it's amazing because of what it was for the time and the significance it has in not only horror, but cinema in general. I mean, people, filmmakers who don't even, even who don't even make horror movies at all, they cite Psycho as one of those amazing films. Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, just wow. What, what a film. It's made such an impact on cinema as a whole. And everyone knows the shower scene. I mean... What an iconic scene! It's it's everywhere. Everyone knows the, the Bates Motel. It's it's at the Universal backlot. What what an iconic, what an iconic film set, an, an iconic stru structure. It it's wow. I, I every time I watch this movie, I'm taken aback and I just stare and go, holy crap, that was amazing. That was a great movie, and there's just. There's even so many stories. I mean, there's a scene at the end where I, I'm not going to say what it is, 
because I want to know if you guys, if you guys go and watch this, I want to know if you guys see it. But it something happens, and it was only shown in certain prints of the film. Because back then, you know, it was the actual film reels and in the canisters. And so only certain prints of that of the film <clears throat> excuse me, had this scene. So some people might go see it once and then go to see the first time and they see it and they're not sure if it's at, they're seeing what they think they're seeing and they come back and they don't see it. It like how amazing. What what an amazing thing to do in this film. Now anyways, go watch Psycho. It's great. I don't remember if it's lengthy or not, but it's worth the watch. Hitchcock, I mean, was awesome. He also did things like The Birds. Yeah, the Birds is a very odd concept. Basically, birds attack a town. But it's a pretty good movie, if I must say so myself. So, anyways. So that wraps up our little slasher segment of the podcast. Looks like we are just nearing 41 minutes. And I'm aiming for this to be around an hour, however long, at least an hour. And I am very much enjoying this. And once again, thank you guys for sticking with me. So, next topic is let's talk about the classic, the classic ghost, ghost movie. <clears throat> now, where do I even start? I mean, I, I guess, I guess we could start all the way back on. The House on Haunted Hill. I mean, Vincent Price. Vincent Price, you know, like... How do, how do I... How would you... Some of you people who might not know who he is, how how would I... He's the voice in Thriller. The, the you know, the narrator, almost. The spoken word voice. And in the laugh at the end is Vincent Price. So he was just known as... One of the big shots in horror. He was creepy. He had a long face. And he had the slicked back black hair. And he was lanky and tall and just creepy. But what a great actor. I mean, go go check out Vincent Price stuff. It's <clears throat> absolutely great. Uh, the Last Man on Earth. Haunting, the Haunting of Hill House. <sighs> Anyways. So, what I... With ghost movies, I find ghost movies to be very, very effective when done right. Much like Insidious. I think the Insidious movies, for how many of them there are, they're pretty good. Me and my friends, my friend group, have watched all the Insidious movies. And me being a fan of horror, holy shit, some of those scares really got me. Like, for real. And some of those scenes were just unsettling. I mean, like ghost demons crawling on the ceiling that's just nuts i mean come on some of those jump scares like they'll get you with one and you're like all right they got me with that one cool end of story boom right again get you again like what an amazing film series i believe i i, I do believe that james wan did insidious now i'm not sure james wan has done a lot of horror uh, he did do, he did do Saw. Um, oh, okay, cool. He did do Insidious, and he did The Conjuring. But we'll get to that in a second. Insidious, you know, great film. Highly recommend it. It's a very, it's a very, it, it's scary. <laughs> That's a scary movie. It's a ghost, it's a ghost, uh, ghost slash demon, more, more possession, more, more demon type stuff. But, uh, 
kind of ghost. Anyways, it's that boundary between that that limbo, but it's great. Great film, excellent work. Uh, the Conjuring. I I like I very much like the first film. I think the first Conjuring movie was awesome. I don't I don't believe that Ed and Lorraine Warren were real about everything. The two demonologists. Like, they were real people, and the Conjuring is based off a real story. But I, I, I have a hard time believing them. I think they faked a lot of things. They did the Amityville case. I don't know. Anyways, I liked the first Conjuring. I think the first time I saw it, I was like, whoa, that was scary. But now, like, like it's scary, but the, the, the story, the story is great. It's all there. The whole story is there, and it's, it's riveting. You want to know what happens next. You want to know the background behind the hauntings. And with this this demon, this this ghost entity, this evil spirit, uh, very great, great movie. Good cast. I love the cast. I it, I, th- I think it's a great cast. Um, the second movie, I think it had a good premise. I but there was they tried to introduce so many different, so many. They tried how do I this? They tried to introduce so many different entities that it, it was it was a lot i mean they had oh hell i don't even remember all of them i do remember the crooked man i remember the nun but i'm pretty sure there was a main ghost those were not the first those are not the, those two were not the main uh the nun got her own spinoff which was okay it wasn't bad it wasn't the best um but the crooked man i thought was a cool character i thought he looked pretty pretty cool um and i heard he's getting his own spinoff so we'll see how that goes uh there's also another big component in component in the conjuring series and that of course my dear listeners is annabelle the doll annabelle has gotten what the hell two or three spinoffs uh they're not they're, they're not good i i don't like them i think they're bad and if if you if one of you out there likes them, by all means, totally dig them. I mean, I'm everyone's entitled their own opinion. If you like it, that's totally cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyways, the Conjuring series, great, great work once again. Again, James Wong, he's he's great, awesome, awesome director. Uh, and th- these are modern ghost movies. I mean, I mean, these aren't anything classic. These are you know they they're they're more up to date. <sighs> Um, let's see. What's another good ghost movie? Oh, Sinister. Holy shit. <laughs> Sinister is a crazy movie. It, it was, again, a more modern one. came out well, uh, a few years ago. And it takes place... It centers around this, this evil spirit. Or this family that moves into a house. And there's an evil spirit inhabiting the house. And basically, it makes these kids kill their parents. And, like... V- and film it with these this like little dinky old super eight camera and it's just like and some in the dad the main character the father watches these and it's the father was actually played by ethan hawk who a lot of you might know uh what was he got gotta go uh, that's what i can remember off the bat um and basically yeah he he starts watching these and they just get really crazy I mean, there, there's one, I believe, I do believe the one of the tapes in this one, <coughs> excuse me, is, um, the, 
I want to say it involves a lawnmower, and basically the, this kid uh, ties up his family, puts them on the lawn, and runs them over the lawnmower. But it's one of those things where it's just quiet and everything, and he's he's driving it. It's one of those uh, drivable lawnmowers. He's driving it, until it's pretty quiet. He's with the camera. He's just pointing at the ground. All of a sudden, you see one of the bodies wrapped up and tied up in the middle of the thing. The lawnmower hits you, and it says, big noise. Holy crap. Scared the crap out of me. Like, pretty nice <laughs> scare. Excuse me. Um, And it, it Sinister is just... It's definitely not what you expect from it. It, it. I thought it was a great movie. I very much liked the second one too, but it's it's definitely something new. It was it was a breath of fresh air, a new concept, and with Hollywood, we all know they're kind of getting unoriginal. I mean, it's a lot of remakes, but some, but there's the classics are still great, and I th I think remakes make the classics even better because the remakes aren't good. Then you go back and watch the classic and like, wow, this is how it's done. Anyways, back to Sinister. Yeah, great film. Uh, I like I like I like Ethan Hawke in it. I think I think the scares and the, the I guess you call them the kills are very creative, much like in Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth. Very very creative kills. Um, and yeah, uh, Sinister has a sequel, Sinister Two. Uh, I actually watched both these with my friend group, and we've uh, we liked them. They uh, thought they were very pretty scary pretty well done uh story has lots of story uh background i mean this they go back and look at this ancient demon i mean all the way back from like ancient times and it, i think i said ancient demon anyways this evil entity all the way back in ancient times which i i, I always really like in films i think giving a uh antagonism backstory like that is always just brilliant uh, the second one was great. Uh, there was this one kill where uh, this kid hung his family upside down, like from trees, and crocodiles ate them. I thought that was pretty intense. wasn't wasn't expecting that even in the slightest. <laughs> Whew, man, what are we at? We are at fifty minutes, almost an hour. Holy crap! I have been rambling for fifty minutes about horror movies, and I hope you guys have been enjoying this. Please, please give me feedback. I would love it. And I really hope that this will upload in a proper amount of time. And you guys will have time to listen. Excuse me. Let's see. What's another great genre of horror movies? I mean, there's so many. Let's see. We've done... Well, the only... The first one we started out with was The Mist. Then we did... Talked about a little about exploitation. And then we did Slashers. And then we have done... Well, we did the Blair Witch, and then we have done Ghost. Uh, I mean, okay. So, I guess I haven't been great about talking about ghost movies, but we'll save that for another episode. It's been a lot more borderline ghost-slash-demon possession. I mean, who can talk about something like that without talking about the classic film, The Exorcist? <sighs> I mean, I am sorry if that damaged your ears. I mean, The Exorcist is a classic, classic horror film. I mean, that you can go talk to your parents, and there's a good chance your parents will say, that's a scary movie. That's one of the scariest movies ever. Because <laughs> for the time, I mean, no one saw things like that. I mean, that was a crazy movie. It, it really took a hit at the whole, you know, 
religion, the doubting of God, and the devil being triumphant, and it's 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 just a whole other level. I mean, sure, the first half of the movie kind of boring, but it talks about it's about uh, sort of an archaeology dig in the Middle East, and they find this statue of a demon called Pazuzu, and it's 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 just nuts. I, or it's, it's sorry. The movie is nuts. The first half, kind of boring, but a lot of story. Then you get to the whole thing with this little girl played by, oh my god, I am drawing a blank. Anyways, her name is Reagan, <laughs> and she, big shocker, becomes possessed. And, oh, that's right, she was played by Linda Blair. Great performance, by the way. I mean, Awesome. And she becomes possessed and starts doing weird things. And her mom takes her to the hospital. And the doctor's like, uh, you don't need a doctor. You need a priest. Like, bitch, get a priest. <laughs> so she gets the priest. And basically, it's, it's it's an older father. And he brings... And there's another uh, younger priest with him who has been doubting his faith in God and everything. And he doesn't know, like, if he can keep up with this. And he he, he lives a very, it's, it seems like, they make it seem he lives a very sad life. They're like, he doesn't have a purpose, he doesn't feel he has purpose. So the exorcism starts, I mean, I mean, the, the face of Reagan is iconic. The cracked skin, the green look, like, the between the cracks you can see blood, and the eyes and the sharp teeth, it, it's, it's scary. That is a scary image, and she is a scary horror character. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the one of the iconic scenes in that is the head spinning. I mean, her fucking head spins 360 degrees, just going going haywire. And you learn that Pazuzu has possessed this girl, and but Reagan is still in there, but deep down within her soul so uh when everything starts happening they have Regan tied to the bed so she can't attack the priest and uh the words the the word help gets scratched across Regan's stomach and that's Regan from the bottom of her soul saying help me from the inside so i mean there's some crazy imagery in this uh it, it offended people i mean people were not cool with it and that 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 was something that was so big for its time like a film that per, per, was so provocative pro, provocative to the catholic church um there, there's images of the virgin mary bleeding out of her eyes or reagan attacks herself with a crop with a crucifix and that that set a lot of people that scene right there set a lot of people over the edge. I mean, when the film was being was out in theaters, there were reports of people fainting, people I mean, I believe there was a report of a woman dying in the theater of a heart attack or something of the sorts. People were passing out and puking. I mean, this movie was not like nothing they'd ever seen before and I mean, it, it's crazy. The Exorcist is a crazy and it's a very good movie. Um, the, the infamous spider walk. I mean, that's just something that, you know, makes people shiver. And by the way, this is spoiler. This, this one is spoiler because I'll go deeper into it in another episode, but I think it's important that I hit the points. So the older priest dies. Ryan, I believe, throws him or something of the sorts, and he dies. 
the younger priest is like, okay, I have found something. I have found my purpose in life. I'm not letting this girl die. I am not letting this demon, uh, follower of the devil, win. So he grabs her. He grabs Reagan. And he's like, take me. Take my body. Possess me. Leave the child alone. And you see Pazuzu leave Reagan's body and enter the priest. And his eyes start to change. And he's really fighting it. And in honestly, an act of one of the biggest acts of heroism in a horror movie, the priest flings himself out the window. I mean, and throws himself down a flight of stairs and dies, taking the demon with him. What an amazing, what a act of heroism. I mean, I know I'm repeating myself, but holy, holy shit. That, that was something that you don't see a lot in horror movies. Like, yeah. There's always, you know, the final girl or the final victim or whatever who survives or, you know, dies last. But he saved her. He killed himself saving her. And that was, that. that's not seen a whole lot in uh, horror movies, especially possession movies. I mean, hell, they just banished the demon in a lot of them. But it, it was, yeah, The Exorcist definitely, definitely go check it out. That is one that I highly, highly recommend. It's scary, though. Be warned. It is scary. Well, it looks like we are nearing an hour, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to thank you, everyone, for listening to the first episode of the Space Cowboy Movie Review Podcast. Title is subject to change, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, I will be having guests on the show. Uh, I would love to, to have friends on, and if you are interested in being on the show, most definitely message me, and I would be delighted to have you if you are a fan of movies or just want to talk about movies in general um i'm not only gonna talk about horror movies uh i might even record another episode tonight not sure see what what my time frame is uh i'll be talking about mo- all types of movies i mean let's see oh i'm gonna record another episode this weekend and i might do i don't know musicals adventure movies or i might do a film series or a single movie you never know but once again thank you so much for tuning in And I am super excited to see how you guys feel and hear how you guys feel about this first episode. And I had a lot of fun uh, making it. And I really, really, really hope that you guys have a lot of fun listening to it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.